0: Welcome to Live and Love Your Brand, a podcast to support you in sharing your message and mission with the world. I'm your host, Emma Lovell. I'm lovely by name, lovely by nature. I'm a personal branding specialist with a mission to support female entrepreneurs to live and love their brand. I've been running my business, Lovely Communications, for more than 12 years, and I can hand on heart say that my success has come from the strength of my personal brand. I believe in the power of owning and sharing our story. I want to help you own your story, shop consistently and really put yourself out there. So here on the podcast, you'll find helpful tips, practical exercises and joyful discussions that will inspire you to reconnect with your brand and communicate it more effectively. I'll be joined by incredible experts to discuss how personal branding can have a huge impact on your business and on your life. I'd love to hear from you. So please make sure to connect over on social media. You can find me on Instagram, at lovely comms that's l-o-v-e double the l means double the life. facebook lovely communications and you can join in the conversation in our lovely community the live and love your brand facebook group of course make sure to come back weekly as each new episode drops i can't wait to share with you how to gain clarity build confidence and increase connections all by sharing your unique personal brand with the world Lovely Communications is based on the Gold Coast and recognises Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples as the first peoples of this place, now known as Australia. We are grateful for the continuing care of the lands, waterways and skies where we work, live, listen, learn and play. From here on your country and from wherever you are listening, we respect the elders past, present and emerging. today I'm thrilled to introduce you to Kate Merryweather, a LinkedIn coach who I saw speaking at a conference and was so brilliant I just had to get her on to share her story with you uh, about her own uh, experience in business and her shift in personal brand uh, as well uh, and that experience of being known as one thing and then going to another so. A bit more about Kate, Kate is an ex-copywriter and LinkedIn coach who helps people get over their fear of showing up, she calls it (laughs) FOSO, and get visible to grow their business. In 2020, mid-pandemic, Kate decided to get ultra-visible online and everything took off. Her business grew, she was able to choose her favourite clients and fire the others. In 2022, she threw her copywriting business in the bin to become a LinkedIn coach, which was scary, exciting, and possibly foolish thing to do. Kate lives in Melbourne with her sensible husband and three daughters. She's a a terrible show-off. She has been known to pick up strange cats in the street, which embarrasses her daughters. She's terrified of moths. She's very vain about her red hair and alarmed that the color is fading as she ages. She does not have a favorite book, song, or movie and gets anxious when asked to choose one. And she is not good at writing her own bio, which is not true. She's brilliant at writing her bio. And uh, she is such an engaging person to speak with, as well as full of wonderful tips for LinkedIn. So let's jump into the episode and hear more from Kate Merriweather, all about getting over your Foso.
1: Welcome to the podcast, Kate Merriweather. Thanks for having me. We yeah. met at a CopyCon, and now here, and you just came up and said, You have to come on my podcast. <laughs> I salted you. I was like, You were great. Come on the
0: podcast. <laughs> and it's a place where you probably shouldn't do that because people are very like, I'm an introvert, I'm an extrovert. So I'm just like, Do you like people? You like people? Okay, I'll talk to you.
1: I'm an extrovert too. So. Good. I was delighted.
0: (laughs) And it it probably was a pretty nice thing after you've just been on stage. Anyway, audience, she was brilliant. Now, I would love for you, even though we know I've done a fancy intro, but I would love for you to tell us, who are you?
1: My name's Kate. Um, For many years, I worked in PR and then I had kids and my PR employers were just so not interested in accommodating me having children. I got the hint and I still wanted to work and I thought, I think I need to freelance. And I just had that moment where you think, oh, what am I good at? And I just thought, I'm good at writing. I'll just be a writer. And I, I thought, oh, people need websites written. I'll just be a website writer. I had not written a single website in my life, but I just thought, I can do this. I didn't know anything about writing websites. And I just said, right, open for business. And I just emailed everyone I know, which is probably a blatant disregard of the privacy act and said, right, this is what I'm doing now. Does anyone have any websites that need writing? (laughs) And that's how I started. Um, And one of my clients, so my old boss um, from the PR Mm. agency had started a business. So she hired me and then she sent me on to someone else. uh, And then I just started from there and I had word of mouth and my business grew very slowly because I had three daughters. And it was really, I didn't really think of it as a business. I just thought of it as just like a little bit of part time pocket money, like grocery money. Um, and I played very small for a long time, um, which was partly because I wanted to be a hands on mum. And also because I think I lost a bit of confidence too, Emma. Like I just oh, wasn't I
0: sure. Sounds like you've got a lot of self belief. I could do that. I do now. <laughs> I, do, I do now. <laughs> no, I'll I just don't know.
1: I just yes, yeah, so I kind of charged low prices and mm. didn't really yeah, I didn't really promote myself very much and I did that for a long time. I think because I all, I still had my head in thinking that I would eventually go back to my PR career. Yeah. So I always thought of it as just treading water and then I realized that I was never going to go back to PR and that I had to, you know, promote myself a bit more. So I started <laughs> on LinkedIn in 2020. Uh, and I just started posting and talking about blog writing. So I'd moved into specializing in writing blogs and I just wrote blogs for anyone and everyone and I was good at it. I really enjoyed it. And then I just started using LinkedIn to promote myself. So I got all my leads from LinkedIn. Um, and I started doing a lot of video on LinkedIn and just kind of going nuts on LinkedIn basically. (laughs) And uh, then everyone kept asking me about LinkedIn. Like, how do you use it? How do you get leads? You know, how come I always see you there? And so then um, (laughs) I decided to change to become a LinkedIn coach and help other people use LinkedIn to grow their businesses. So I started that only six months ago in June, 2022. That's the short story, which was probably quite long.
0: No, I love it. I love it. And um, it was quite funny because when you did your presentation at CopyCon, you told this brilliant story and I was so captivated. And then I just, I did put my, You said any questions? I put my hand up and said, so what do you do now? Because you were talking so much about it's CopyCon, they do about the copyright. Yes, on. and the ridiculous thing is, dear listeners, that I I do follow Kate, <laughs> but you know, but this is the thing: you can follow someone, you can look at their stuff, you can do da da, and you're like, but what do you actually do? I was like, she's awesome, but you know, and you're like, yeah, I'm a LinkedIn coach, and I was like, ah, oh, makes sense. <laughs>
1: I did I did circle around to it. I tried a few different things that didn't land and it wasn't a linear journey to get to a LinkedIn coach. Um, Business is never. And <laughs> I've only recently just accepted that that's okay. Like I felt like, um, you know, I made a few mistakes on the way, but it's very common and I'm very happy with where I am now. So you've got to make I've the mistakes. I, yeah.
0: And I think um, your journey to business, I mean, mine was I started as an ignorant university student who's like <laughs> running a business. It's nothing. Um, so, But I think the naivety helps um, and they're just starting because there are so many people out there and probably people listening who are, have plans and plans and they need a business plan and a marketing plan and a this and a that, and then I'll start. And when I have all these things, then I'll start. But running a business is literally providing a service and getting paid for it, mm. which you did. Yeah. Yeah. And I I love the way you reached out to people because some people don't even do that. Like I work with clients who've been running, running a business. I say inverted commas for a year or a year and a half or two years. And they've literally never posted it to their network. I was like, do your family and friends know that you run a business? Like, you know, and it's such a simple thing as saying I run a business or did you know that I'm a LinkedIn coach? And people go, oh, Mm. I need a LinkedIn coach.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Like when I was a copywriter, I didn't, Aside from that one email blast, I didn't really promote myself and I just got word-of-mouth referrals, which is nice, but you're putting the control in the hands of the audience. Like they'd say, I want this written, can you write it? Yes. And I'd say, yeah, sure. So I was writing all sorts of different things and struggling to, you know, someone's asked me for video scripts. I'd never written a video. Yeah, sure, I can do that. So I was just putting the control in the hands of the clients and you never know when those referrals are going to come in. Yes. So there's ups and downs. It's very um, faced famine yeah and so I and then I'd take as much work as possible having that scarcity mindset thinking oh, I don't know when the next lead's going to come in because I was not doing anything proactively to get leads to come to me except yes. for just waiting for the phone to ring and uh, I was good at what I did but that only gets you so far I think um And I had one agency that was like not – was using me and not telling other people about me because they didn't want me to get booked out, you know. So (laughs) they wanted to keep me for themselves. Yeah. So um, it was only when I started posting on LinkedIn that I worked out, well, this is how much time I've got. This is what – this is the package I'm going to do. This is my offer. This is what it costs. Take it or leave it. And so then I was in control of the work I was doing I was specializing in blog writing, so I said no to anything that wasn't that. So it was much more Which is efficient. Hard it start. is hard. It is hard. Um, but the what made it easier was knowing that I was getting constant leads. So yes. I've had a predictable stream. So I knew that I could say no because I knew that I, and particularly with blog writing, I had people on retainer. So yeah. I quickly had booked out and had a wait list. Yeah. So that makes that's easier to say no when when I've built up that profile and demand that was controlled by me, not by them just saying, hey, I want this. Yes. Like people just ring and say, hey, how much for this? How much? <laughs> I want this. I want that. And that's fine, but. Um,
0: it's a good way to start, but. It is a good, yeah. And you, it's yeah, you um, to st- challenging to continue and there is no, and I have to tell you, I got, I've actually bought myself a big wall planner and it's rainbow coloured, and I'm very excited. We bought my friend Tommy's idea. You print it out, and then you put it behind glass, and then you use uh, whiteboard markers. So that you know, if you need to change things, you don't yeah have to scribble and white out and all that. As it's like the first time, 13 years into business, that I have actually bought one of those. I've had planners or used my calendar, whatever, but I feel like you know that it's actually uh, yeah, I can actually predict or budget or yeah plan out my year. Uh, because of the nature of the service that I now offer and Mm. when you are freelancing and working for yourself in that way and really a solopreneur it it is very difficult to do that and then you know so you're living in this constant state of I mean it prepared us very well for COVID the unpredictability of life and yes but it it was that um yeah it's feast or famine and it's really hard so it's a really nice position to be in that you can actually yeah go if I do xyz it will probably lead to client or I do this, and this is how much you pay me, and this is how much time it takes. And that means I can have this many clients at any one time. It's like, oh, yes, exactly. This is a nice way to do things.
1: <laughs> it's kind of structured and boring, but geez, boring and predictable, that's actually really nice when you're good at doing something, you do it well.
0: You enjoy um, what you do.
1: Yeah. And what I enjoy now is I get paid to think a bit more. I still do a little bit of writing, a bit of LinkedIn writing, but. More of it is strategy, so I appreciate that. While I enjoy being a copywriter, I did it for ten years. Um, it is the time you're putting in, exchanging your time. Um, yes, for time money. for money. Yes. Yeah.
0: you. So the, when I saw Kate, um, as I said, we we were connected on LinkedIn before, so it's always so lovely when you actually get to meet in person. So we were at hmm. a conference in October in Sydney, and so wonderful to see Kate on the stage. But you're just so you were captivating, um, and. Unexpectedly hilarious. You still don't, I don't think you still quite grasp how everyone, you're so entertaining. But you also were so, uh to me, the biggest thing was that you were so open in sharing your story and you actually shared your income, which I think to some of the people in that audience, no matter what level, to all of us, to see somebody do that, I just, I thank you. And um, so, what led you to kind of choose that topic for when you were spe- speaking?
1: Well, it actually, so Kate Toon, another Kate, was the organiser, and she put a pitch out saying, who wants to speak? Everyone pitch. And I always use my copywriter brain, say, well, what's everyone else going to be pitching and what can I do that that no one else will do? (laughs) So that's sort of how, and I thought, everyone's going to talk about imposter syndrome or something like that. So I thought, well, I always want to know what everyone earns, so why don't I share (laughs) what I earn? So it was based on that. I'm always really curious as to how much everyone else earns, and it's a bit of a secret. No one really talks oh, about. Yeah. So I just thought, well, maybe I could, maybe I could share what I earn. And I'd been around for eight years then, and I'd really had some ups and downs. And I thought that I could share not only what I've earned, like, and I put every dollar that I've ever earned. But also just the mindset and beliefs and things I had and the mistakes I've made. I thought that'd be helpful anyway. So Kate Toon said yes, and that's why I did it. And I don't. I felt really nervous because I thought, oh, there's going to be really high-earning copywriters in the room who are going to be like, oh gosh, doesn't earn very much, like what? And so I was a bit intimidated. But I also wanted to show that there's people who are earning, you know, an okay amount of money. Um, and doing other things, like so I was very focused on my children when they were young, um, which I'm happy about now. Um, now they're a little bit older. So I just wanted to show, you know, it, not everyone's earning this amazing $200,000 oh, six-figure six six thing. Figure like, thing. Six, yeah, figures, yeah. six figures, six
0: figures, yeah. six figures. Do you know what happens when his, you hit know, six? Do you know what? I just think it's all well and good to talk about your revenue, but, like, people aren't talking about the expenses or The what it took to get to that. And some people are going, I worked four hours and I made, you know, like it's all different things, but it's like, there's a whole different story as well as the Mm. values. And I remember my my husband saying a few years ago, he's like, I am in my group of friends. I'm doing the exact job that I wanted to do. And like the most fun job of everyone. And I earned the least. And I'm like, But did you hear what you said at the start? Like, as well as the fact that he, you know, we bought, we both bought separately. We bought our own homes uh, separately, you know. So to be a freelancer, buy my own home, I'm very proud of that. Um, And for him to have bought a place too, we now own two properties. I was like, some of your friends, yes, they might be earning some of them four times the amount you're earning, but they don't have a dollar in the bank. Like, it just doesn't go you know, yes. we value ourselves based on that dollar amount when there's actually mm-hmm. a lot more and that's what I very much enjoyed about your presentation because you talked it wasn't you didn't just go here's the figures it was like we went along the journey with you of what how much you earned and the figures you earned and and yes how exciting it is that first time that you earn over ten thousand dollars or or you get a yeah. this much contract in or whatever and yes there's some people go oh. <laughs> but I don't think they were I think everyone had been at some point in their journey in that position and there were people even in the audience with holding babies. So for them and I was sitting next to a friend who I've reconnected with through CopyCon who I went to high school with. And oh, she, wow. she was holding a baby and I was like, look at this, look at this. Like, you know, like it's possible. It just I think you just showed there was it's possible.
1: And I think there are a lot of people in um particularly freelance copywriters who are also mums who haven't an- been embraced by the workforce that have had to go out on their own just because they need that flexibility. Um, those employers just don't provide. So I think there are a lot of women like me in that position that would appreciate my story. So yes, there's a few massive high flyers who are earning way more than that, but I think there is a good majority who are who are at where I'm at or well, aspire to be you, where I'm.
0: You use that money too, because we've obviously got you know the different benefits when you're at a business, like how that income is used. Like somebody can be on um, whatever, 80K, but, you know, they're not taking home 80K, whereas when you run a business, you do take home, tend to take home a lot more of that yeah. percentage. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um,
0: you know, you might have very, like, people used to go, "Are, are you a pro-? like, is your business profitable? And I just don't understand the question because I was like, I literally have a computer and a phone. Like, if I'm not profitable, yeah. there's a serious problem. <laughs> like, well, I didn't understand. I was like, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, so you? Do you mean I make? Do I make money? I'm like, yeah. Like, why would I be doing this still? But because it's no. So you when you own a
1: business. People are quite happy to ask you how much you earn. But when you've got a job, people don't ask. Like, I had <laughs> I my just... my husband's aunt. He was like, oh, so how much do you earn in your business? And I just was like, well, how much do you get paid? Like, <laughs> yeah, this goes. Both just ways. felt quite quite happy to ask me. Um and then I told her and she's like, Oh, well done. Ooh. like she was a bit surprised. I don't know what she thought I was doing. Well, it's yeah, that okay, your, but, and little,
0: a... your little business or like and I last like, year if my, my retreats were a money spinner. <laughs> and I'm like oh. a little money spinner. I was like, uh people pay me three thousand dollars to attend. Uh yeah. Yeah It's <laughs> a bit of money. <laughs> I was like, you're allowed to doing this, but why why would I be doing I don't know. I was like, okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. You're yes. also allowed to make money. Like retreats yes. are hard work. Like I've I've only been on one retreat, but the the facilitator worked hard on that retreat to make make it amazing.
0: Yes, we don't so just turn up deserved, at the venue
1: yeah. and swan uh, yeah. around. I mean, I do
0: a bit of, bit of swanning, but um, yeah, to <laughs> do some promo, FOMO. Um, <laughs> but I know I really appreciate it, and I, I know that a lot of the audience did as well. Um, and and as well, your trajectory in terms of um, that shifting and changing, um, you know, and knowing that's okay. I think sometimes we get, and I know I see it in my clients that they feel like I'm a this, you know, mm. and when you've been doing this for a while, it's like everybody knows me as that. And I went through my own brand shift when I um, shifted to focusing on personal branding and coaching myself, you're like, but mine was more like. Doing all the things: social media, PR, marketing, copywriting. What would what would you like done? I'll do it if it falls under the umbrella. Yeah, but that's exhausting to talk about uh, and exhausting to do, as you know. Mm. And so, but then that takes time, like you said, to then go. Oh, I'm a LinkedIn coach, or I focus on LinkedIn, and like finding your language around that. So, how mm. was that transition for you?
1: Messy. <laughs> Thank is you. Is the shortest. <laughs> so I about that time when I I was just getting tired of being a copywriter I'd always really loved it and then I just got tired like it had been nine years Mm. and um I just had enough and I think I'd had some clients who were just getting a bit like I I just started to get annoyed with clients for making reasonable requests (laughs) and I think I was just I wanted to write in my own voice and I was very good at writing on behalf of others and writing in someone else's tone of voice and writing as them. But I just wanted the freedom to write for myself. So I knew that I wanted to do something different and I wasn't quite sure. So I, I was looking at thought leadership for a while and I started talking about thought leadership on LinkedIn. Um, but it didn't land. It, so, I had a, so then I was in this kind of hybrid mode. I was still doing copywriting. I was trying to move into becoming like thought leadership strategist. But people didn't really understand thought leadership or want it for themselves, um, and I had a, a bit of success. Maybe I should have kept up with it, and maybe I could have made something from that eventually. But I was struggling, um, and my income had dropped because I was spending time promoting myself as a thought leadership strategist. Um, but I'd reduce my copywriting time. So I had less income. So I thought, I, you know, I can't afford to let this continue too much longer. And then everyone just kept asking me about LinkedIn. And it was just, like, and I was like, <laughs> Oh my God. duh. Like, yes.
0: Yeah. Um, Give the market what they want.
1: I know. And so I do like masterclasses and I talk about thought leadership in life and uh, you know, guest expert. And then all the questions would just be about LinkedIn and some people knew me on LinkedIn and, and then I just sat down, one day, you know, like literally, aha moment. I just sat down. I opened a doc and I wrote, "What if I became a LinkedIn coach?" Mm. And then I just wrote, and I just wrote and wrote and wrote. And then I was like, "Oh my god, this is it!" Like I don't have Yay. to. And it was almost like, almost like I still talk. I still kind of give people that thought leadership strategy, but it's it's presented as LinkedIn, you know, in a more digestible way because people don't identify or aspire to be thought leaders, um, but they do want to get. Seen on LinkedIn and they do want to build their business on LinkedIn. So I do still do a bit of thought leadership stuff as a LinkedIn coach, but I stopped talking about thought leadership and I just, start. and then it just really took off straight away.
0: I love that. Um, I'm, I'm like smiling ear to ear because I just, I love that moment. And there's actually an exercise I learned on a writing retreat. I have to say writing retreat that we kept saying that I was going on a writing retreat. People thought I was saying writing retreat. Riding. Horse and I'm riding. Like, I was like, I was heavily riding. pregnant. I was like, no. Right. i'm a writer Words. anyway um we did an exercise which i now use called what if dot 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 and mm. it's just what if and it, you can do it to a pros or cons so you do like yeah what if i was a linkedin coach what if i was making this much money what if i fluted him back two? what if and then you can go to the other way we can go okay well, what's the worst that can happen and you go to all the possibilities mm. and when you see it on paper you're like oh, it's not that bad you know <laughs> He are like, what if I died? It was like, well, I'm not, that, That's probably not going to happen from me being a LinkedIn coach. So I think we're okay, you know. Yeah. Like you just, but, but you know, if you get all of that out and then yeah. you I love that you saw that. What if I did? This? I,
1: yeah, I didn't know about the exercise, but I just did it. You did it. So I just had that thought.
0: Because you're a writer. And then
1: I just, yeah, I should go back and look at that document. And I started working out at packages and then mm. I went really quickly. Like I just changed my LinkedIn headline Uh, I just started talking about link. I mean, I was talking about a lot on LinkedIn anyway, so it wasn't a huge difference. Um, And then I've just started focusing on one to one consulting at the moment in my early days, um, which I really like. I love it. And And people need
0: it. They have, I think it's this thing I was talking to um, recently, did an episode on social media strategy uh, with Brianna from Pink House Social, but it was like, I just feel like everybody knows social media now. And it's when you've worked in it, you just like and you use it. You just kind of like, but everybody knows this. Like, I can't teach this or show people stuff. And then, like, the way that people come to me, even they're like, I don't, I just don't touch LinkedIn. I don't know. They're like, where do I put this? And you're like, oh, mm. like. And it's very important. I had a guy come to me um from Salesforce because they encourage it, they actually provide them with training. They actually ask them to set aside time. That's how important. Some companies recognise
1: that it is. Yeah, I think more companies will start doing that because it's just so powerful. And I always say, like, there's money. People with money are on LinkedIn. Yes. And I, the good thing about it is you can actually, you've got more power to build your own audience on LinkedIn. Like, if you can, if you send a connection request on LinkedIn, they connect with you and it's like they follow you and you follow them. So you, they immediately start seeing your content so you really have the power and the search option. So you can search. So if you want to target nutritionists, you can just search for nutritionists and you can send them connection requests. And if yeah. your profile's set up to appeal to them, which it would be, then it's a pretty easy for them to accept. And then you can just start sharing content about challenges that nutritionists have and you're on your way.
0: I think um, the difference with LinkedIn and I'm you're talking, preaching to the choir, but <laughs> <or maybe> I'm <laughs> challenging, but I, found, I think the thing with LinkedIn and why people maybe stay away from it is that it is for a lot of people less responsive. Like as in you post something and not as people, many people are interacting, but like I went to a charity golf day, hadn't seen this guy for a few years. He works with my brother and my dad, but went there. And he's like, "Oh, so how's this going? On oh, your business?" And da da da. And he knew all this stuff. Mm. And we are only connected on LinkedIn, so he sees everything that I do. And then mm. he even wanted to it put me in contact with his wife. And it's like, so people are watching.
1: Yes, yes. There's a lot of lurkers on LinkedIn, so you can feel like you're shouting into a void. That's why you need um, Kate. Kate comments. She's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> But I do think people are people who are using it and active, I think one thing you can do is you can comment and you can be that person who comments on other people's content. But, yeah, you will get leads if you have the right strategy and you ask for them, then you'll get leads and you'll think, I don't know who this person is. They've never once commented, they've never liked, but they know you because they've been following. So it is challenging at the start because you're putting it all out there and, you, as you say, you're not getting the response. But if you keep at it they'll suddenly surprise you.
0: And that was something you, and you shared in your nice. talk was the consistency that you were like I've just decided to show up every day and you were doing video I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Share a video every day of you and not many people are using I've just started doing lives not many as people not yeah. as many people do the video or lives on LinkedIn.
1: Yeah. So it's easy to stand out just start Filming some videos. I know people get a bit intimidated, but um, just with everything, if you can just get started and be a tiny bit braver than your competition, then there's plenty of rewards waiting for you. So good. And I know
0: um, it's not really your lane anymore, but I did get a little cheeky little website audit just before we uh, jumped on. So okay, very. Helpful. I can't help myself. <laughs> I was telling her, like I have my own. I'll share with the audience. I have my own personal brand challenge coming up because unfortunately, tragically, um, a woman named Emma Lovell, um, Brisbane, 41-year-old mother, um, Emma Lovell, was killed a few days after Christmas. And so Emma Lovell is coming up a lot in the searches and my network and people are seeing Queensland, Emma Lovell, mother, and have been asking if it's me, uh, but also then the name... When you search is coming up very high so we were just having a chat about the importance of using your name and i i gave this i did a um, presentation for lindy alexander's uh writing community and i said to them like so many people in their bios don't write their name and i'm like i know your bios i know your name's on the page and you would think they've come to your page but once you're down You've got to remind them who you are.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. And it's a, it's like a keyword for the page. So your about page is optimised for the term Emma Lovell and you want it to rank. And it is important when um, you're in competition with other Emma Lovells. Um, I had a client who her name was Carmen. There was an actress. There was a scientist. There was, you know, and her surname, I think it was Williams. Um, you know, it's a pretty common name. So she did have to do a bit of work to optimise Her own name, and then quite often, if if your website isn't hasn't got a lot of authority, then your LinkedIn will be what people find. So it's really important to have your LinkedIn profile working hard for you and putting your best foot forward. And it comes up LinkedIn
0: comes very high up. I just always say to people because they're like LinkedIn really, and it's like when you mm -hmm. Google if you Google your name, the LinkedIn is one of the top. Yeah, sometimes it outranks your own
1: website, which is really annoying. Yes. So, at the very least, if you're not into LinkedIn, then by all means, give yourself permission to just ignore LinkedIn. But just get your profile sorted so that if someone lands on your profile, that looks good, it has an appealing message, and it sends people to where you want them to go, which is to your website or lead magnet or whatever it might be. Because a that. lot of people do Google, and you you want to have. You know, like I was doing an audit for a client and she, I found an old LinkedIn profile that she'd had ages ago that she thought she deleted Yeah. and it was still there. So she didn't realize she actually had two LinkedIn profiles, which is a violation of its terms and get in trouble. So it is worth the old self Google to see what happens.
0: Love a brand audit. Love a, love a Google search yeah. a little yeah. bit. of people like, oh, I would never search myself. I'm like, you have to search. Yourself oh, yeah.
1: Like- I do it all the time. <laughs> what's paid up to today? yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: um well look I don't want to keep you too much longer if you've been so helpful I just as I said I so appreciated you sharing your journey and I loved also that you said um you know that really it was 2020 um that was the turning point for you and I think the say I think why in some ways freelancing was so hard is because we were um operating in our vacuum. Uh, often, and we were working from home before it was cool, um, but, you know, or popular uh, or had to, but um, it did make, sh- make the online community stronger. And I feel like yeah. the writing communities that you and I are both part of, and some of those are becoming more open in sharing and supporting each other because yet yeah, trying to price and trying to um, package and trying to do all of that. And I'm very happy to share with people because I don't want them to go through that of undervaluing or not knowing or, or underpricing. And um, I don't know, well, I just think there's plenty of pie, right? So absolutely, we can share. And if you're doing your, your job well, which you are, and promoting yourself, then you're going to get the, truck with the clients that you want and the others can go to the others, you know?
1: I think so. And particularly as a copywriter, there's thousands of thousands of copywriters in Australia. So I've always been quite happy to See them as, you know, collaborators, and they have all have different areas of expertise. And some love to do, you know, annual reports and white papers, whereas I'd just be horrified to do that. It's <laughs> yes. really techie stuff, or yeah. you know, yeah. email sequences. Or that I've, you know, I'd say, like, yeah, I can write an email sequence, and then I'd be googling like how to write an email sequence. Help.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that, and that's yeah. it. And I just, it's, I think that, yeah, collaboration and sharing of information mm. and yeah letting people have their specialties and that there is enough Um, and then finding your lane. I I love the way you found your lane. And then when it feels right, like how quickly you can turn that on and how quickly. And what you said about, I think people are like, I had the same thing of going, Oh my gosh, I'm doing a new thing. Like, how do I say it? How do I tell everybody? Everybody's watching we're not Kim Kardashian. Everyone's not watching.
1: Yeah, no one cares. It's the
0: internet. <laughs> literally you just changed your bio, right? You just yeah. changed your bio. Like you today, you're like, change your URL. Like literally it's not a $10,000 billboard. You can change it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you just do It's funny though. Like I think I'm talking about this all the time and I met someone at an event at Christmas time and she's like, oh, you still thought leadership? And I was like, no, nah, no, nah, that's over. <laughs> like she just, ha- she just wasn't aware yet, even though I've you know, pretty shameless self promoter. So it does take time, but people don't notice. Like people aren't watching you that closely.
0: No, as and you say, it's a we're not the Kardashians. Yeah. Yeah. It's a conversation. So,
1: it's
0: not the end of the world. Yeah. I love it. Just start is such a good Yeah, and
1: take charge of your own profile. Like people are I don't want to put myself out there, but it's just a necessity. How mm-hmm. else are you going to grow your business if you and people say I don't want to be salesy, but if you're not good at sales, you won't sell. Mm, yeah. Um there's nothing wrong with wanting to sell and getting good at it. I think is necessary skill. And how do you work with people now? <laughs> you yeah. With- nice segue. Thank you. Yeah. yeah so um, I just work with people one-on-one. So I have a signature program, which is one-on-one. I help you work out your strategy. The good thing about LinkedIn is it's not a one-size-fits-all. You can create a strategy that works for you. Because the last thing you want is a, an undoable strategy that you, you know, last a month and then you run out of steam. So it, it, it is about consistency because you need to get through that initial hump where it's a little bit slow to start and build an audience that does take time. So I'll create that strategy and then support you as you implement it. Especially Be a little cheerleader. So, uh,
0: I love cheerleaders. And especially during that transition, I think when you're sort of introducing yourself as something new or mm. you've brought out mm. something new, I think that's the time when you need it most. Mm. And it is, you know, I always just say to people, it's a bit clunky at first. Like you said, it was messy. I'm yeah. so glad that you said that because it is, you're just, you're mm. trying something out and you write something, you're like, Ugh, uh, uh, like, and then it starts to feel right. Or you start to get a mm. response and you're like, oh, this is landing.
1: Okay. yeah,
0: and, and that takes time and it takes a bit of trial and error.
1: Yeah, and you do have to put yourself out there in order to refine it. Like I just made a comment on a Facebook group that um, people just were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they ended up putting it on my LinkedIn banner because it got, you know, it resonated. It yep. was only till I put that message out there that I realised, oh, this is this has got legs. Yeah. So you do have to put things out there and see how your audience responds and listen to them,
0: yes, and then li- you
1: can go, li- oh, that. Listen. To-
0: sometimes they're yelling at you going i want this i want this i want this and you're like oh you want linkedin coaching do you oh
1: yeah i know but like you know how like i'd say like what's your line like that's what i say to my clients you have a line that you say to people that they always love and like most of the times they say yes when i say something 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 they always really like that i'm like well that's what you can put on linkedin like put out that you know i'm all about this or i really focus on da 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 most people do have that line that they've refined because they said it randomly and then people responded and then they kept saying it in their discovery calls or however they work with clients or sell their things and then that's that's the message so you just keep putting it out there and then you change it over time because what works today and what might not be relevant in 12 months so it's a constant journey it's annoying. Oh. You want to just get a perfect formula and repeat it forever, <laughs> yeah. and it doesn't. Not like that, unfortunately.
0: But we also would get bored, so then we we'd, we'd that's true. That's to, true to mess it up yes. again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, how do people
0: contact you?
1: Well, LinkedIn, obviously, or you can <laughs> uh, you can Google my name, um, Kate Merriweather, and I'm very hopeful that my businesses will appear. <laughs> yeah. Let's test
0: this, guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah comment back if you don't find it. But no, thank you so much. I think more people need to um, see you. You were a delight on the stage. You're a delight to speak to. And please follow and connect with her on LinkedIn because she is delightful to have as your cheerleader uh, when you're posting into the abyss.
1: Yes. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today for another
0: episode of Live and Love Your Brand. I'm so grateful that you've shared your time by listening today. That means so much to me. And if you're loving what you're learning, I would be so appreciative if you leave a review, rate this podcast and subscribe. It really shows me that you care, but it also helps other listeners to find us too. Again, please be sure to connect with me. I love hearing from you and getting to know your story. You can connect with me on Instagram at lovelycoms, Facebook lovely communications and please do join the gorgeous community live and love your brand our facebook group or if you're ready to take action now and want to improve how you show up in the world with your brand then head on over to lovelycommunications.com again lovely is l-o-v-e l-y communications.com to learn how you can work with me my clients have gone on to experience opportunities that they could never have dreamed of From starting businesses to taking leadership in their own life, they have found the confidence to stand in who they are and to go wholeheartedly after what they truly want in life. And I want that for you too. If you're ready to invest in yourself and reconnect with who you are, then let's chat. Thank you again for listening. Now go into the world and share the beauty that is the uniqueness of you. Catch you next week, lovely.